Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, November 15, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket. We're going to look at the charts from a number of different perspectives. We're going to look at a variety of different charts. We're going to insert some conspiracy theory into the inflation discussion. We'll get to that later. We're also going to begin to outline a likely schematic or at least the makings of a schematic over the next, let's just say, week or so. How can we do that? You'll see how it unfolds. We'll also get to that later. What's jumping off the page on the daily chart? Well, there's a couple of things. A, we have a recent high and we're not that far from the recent highs. It wouldn't take that much for the market to make a new high or at least run a test of the former high. So that's something on the board. We have that, we have to note it, we have to be aware of it. What's another thing we have on the current chart? Well, we have one of these situations here where the market ran up and it pulled back. Now that it pulled back, it begins to retrace and if it makes a lower high, meaning like right about here, maybe at today's high, then we could have the makings of an ABC pattern in the downward direction that would complete officially below the low of the A leg. The A leg would officially be low at 462.04. So we would technically get a completion, and this is in theory, somewhere below that. That's the technical part. In theory, where would it go? Well, you may find support at the 20-period moving average or home base, but keep in mind, price already came down toward home base and bounced away. It's not the same as it would have been just a few days ago. You also have a breakup candle low, but again, they already came back down to run a test in the vicinity or neighborhood of said breakup candle low. So maybe, just maybe, we have to look slightly lower. Why would we do that? It's an uptrend. Well, here's the deal. You have options expiration week. You also have us leading into the Thanksgiving Day holiday week, which is next week, traditional light volume. Traditionally, a lot of traders, a lot of people out there, a lot of talking heads and pundits on TV are expecting a rally, expecting a light volume holiday type rally. Maybe we get it, but maybe they tug the rug a little bit before we get that rally. Where am I going with that? Well, here's where I'm going with that. You have options expiration week. It's regular way options expiration week. Not the weekly stuff. This is regular way the third Friday of each month. The second thing, you have the potential ABC pattern that we just looked at, whether it's support or not. You never did touch, and you have home base or the 20-period moving average just below there. It's at a big, fat round number of 460. It's slightly above that, but we're rounding for the purposes of this conversation. So you have 460. You have options expiration week. You have an ABC pattern, and here's the kicker. Now, you have to get your tinfoil hat on for this stuff. Those of you that don't have a tinfoil hat can skip forward in the video. We have what's called a partial lunar eclipse on Friday. Just so happens, options expiration. Now the question is, 
Are they going to trade down into that? Or are they going to trade up into that? Now, we don't know the answer to that, but what we do know is that these type of events can A, draw price into them, and B, create a turning point right after them. So here's the schematic sitting here Monday night after the close. We've got options expiration week. We're going to expect some volatility during the trading week. We have an ABC or a potential ABC pattern. We have a big fat round number of 460. They tend to draw price into those numbers also. Home base is slightly below. We have the tinfoil hat scenario later in the week. And if they're drawing price up into that time frame, we turn our attention to the former highs. Maybe they're making a new high. Maybe they turn after that at the end of the week or the beginning of the following week around the Thanksgiving Day week. If they're trading down throughout this week or the majority of this week, we may be looking for a turning point at the end of the week, at the end of options expiration. Then you may get that holiday-type market floating up into next week. So we have either scenario, we have the awareness, we have the tools in our tool belt, we know what we're watching out for. Now all we have to do is watch out for it and wait for the market to tell us where that opportunity is going to slap us across the face. What are the other charts saying? The 240 chart is riding the 20 period moving average. We really don't have anything else to hang our hat on in this chart, just that they're riding the 20 period moving average. It's not really support, it's just more of a guideline. If they start getting below and closing candles on this chart below, that would obviously be a bearish signal. What about the 120 minute chart? They're above all the moving averages, so the trend is your friend until she tosses your crap out the window. And also, we'll mention it here, it also applied on the other chart, but here you have a breakdown candle high, so they kind of run a test of that high. They didn't quite get there, but they made an effort. Maybe they make another effort, maybe they don't. And we know what happens if they do, if they bust above, guess what? New highs are on the table. If they run a test and fail, well, then you have the same thing that you already have. About the hourly chart, anything interesting on the hourly chart? Well. When you look at the hourly chart, we have the potential for a different scenario. We have a breakup candle, and guess what? Now they've been eating time off the clock. Now what about this pop-up and reversal? Is that a reversal candle? Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But in the hourly chart, we really look at the dominant thing. The trend is your friend, and I'm looking at it like this saying, yeah, it's just been eating time off the clock. They had one little spike up. They didn't really fail, they're still eating time off the clock above all the moving averages. And that's really the way I choose to look at this particular chart. On the flip side, we're talking about Tuesday morning for argument's sake, getting below this candle here, which is today's low, 266.23, that would promote lower prices and open the door for a test of another number, which inside the number members will have tomorrow, they already have an idea of where that is. Here we've got the commentary from inside the numbers. We'll start with the early thoughts, we'll run up the commentary, we'll circle back to stocks on the move, we'll take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Since we know the market really didn't go anywhere today, the S&P 500 had a flat day, the Dow had one of the rounding error days, more of a flat day, the Nasdaq Composite was a flat day, 
So we know the market didn't have any volatility. That's not a trader's environment to make money in terms of the S&P. So what we'll do is scroll up, let you look at the notes. You can see here 467 and a quarter is important. It was the gap left open from Friday. So we know closing candles below is bearish. It opens the door for other stuff down south. And staying above it is one thing if they ran to it quickly and bounced away. But if they creep into it, it's really just another number. 467.25 was that number. Here's a five-minute chart, right? If the vertical is today's activity, you know the routine. You can see what happened. They centered around that number all day long. And by the way, in the spirit of no accidents nor coincidences, look what happened the last five-minute candle of the day. They spiked the market back up to do what? To get above that number. Now, is that the market's way of indicating that, hey, it filled the gap, it's closing above it, and by virtue of it happening right into the close, is that a sign or a signal that we're going to get some kind of a follow-through rally on Tuesday? It's possible. Why else would they do that? We're going with there are no accidents or coincidences. That's an important number, and the market told us that two ways today. It hang around there all day long, and right into the closing bell, it had a little tiny jam session to get back over on top of that number. That number's important, of note, puzzle piece on the table. Now, if you wake up Tuesday and they're opening well below that number, then none of this really mattered, and we look to something else. Obviously, inside the number, members will have a beat on exactly what's going on. First thing, at zero dark 30. Let's scroll up the commentary, let you read the notes, go back to the charts to double-check the work. It was a quiet day, the market didn't do anything, but you can still learn something every single day from inside the numbers from the commentary. Don't forget, we're going to circle back to my conspiracy theory on inflation and some of the other stuff that's being discussed. We're going to circle back to that shortly. Here we had a list of four opportunities from Stocks on the Move today. Akamai, Tesla, Woof, I had to put that one on the board just in namesake alone, and then crowdsource. One entered its entry target zone. The other three did not, but we're going to take a look at one of them just because. Maybe even two. The first one we'll look at is Akamai. It did not come into its entry target, but it got pretty darn close. 107.75 was the number on the board bright and early. Low of 108 in this candle, the second five minute of the day. And this candle, the low was 107.80 missed by a nickel. Now, you wouldn't have taken that trade anyway. This is the one we wanted. Look at that rip away from that number, missed the number. Was it front runners or did the number miss because of an incorrect status? That's possible, but I will tell you that the mathematics generally works. Therefore, the numbers work. The takeaway here is that zone worked. Just didn't get a fill on a trade. Similar situation in Tesla. We might as well look at this one too. 9.76 was my number. What was this down here? How about 9.78.60? Now in Tesla land, that's like pennies away. Once again, didn't fill, but the numbers work. That's the takeaway. The support zone worked. Here's CrowdStrike. Now this one looks like it didn't work. This one looks like hell on wheels. Was this a shit burger or did this one do the deal? And the answer is it did the deal. Now, when you work the numbers, 
and you take the average entry price. Now watch this. It opened below the first number. It's off the board. Second and third numbers are on the board. There's an equal case can be made because they're close together. So your average is in the middle. This is if you're painting by the numbers. Your average cost would be 266, 63, 65 in that neighborhood. And what happens? Just split seconds later, the stock is at a high of 269.75, issuing the full-on base hit. And I will tell you that traders who are in the beta test inside the numbers live trading room got two or three opportunities at CrowdStrike today. This one was a winner. And to answer your next question, it's coming soon. And it's working. What do we see when we take a look at the IWM daily chart? Well, we know the thing is on a breakout. This is the weekly chart. That's the area it broke out from. It's a give or take, but that's the zone. So coming back to run a test of said zone is garden variety of market behavior. And by the way, you have home base creeping up. You have a breakup candle low. That is a bona fide 234.50, give or take. That is a bona fide area where we should see a reaction back up in the other direction. Could take half a day could take a day, could take a couple of days, but that's what will generally happen when they run a test of a former breakout area. You might have heard that here once or twice before. Now what we see at present on this IWM daily chart is we see one of these bearish patterns. It looks like that, and it's one of those bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of things. We can make a case, it's also one of these ABC deals, you can make any case you want, doesn't really matter, but this down here, this general zone, should be garden variety of chart support. That's your backup number, plus or minus, 232 and a quarter, maybe it's 231.75, maybe it's 232.50, and that general zone is your backup number. What do you need a backup number for? On a hard sell, they would likely go there and then try and snap back to run a test back to 234.50, which would be running a test from the other side. Remember, what is also support will become resistance once price crosses over the Mendoza line. Said another way, if this is support and price is up here and it comes back below, this is now resistance when it goes back the other way. The same thing works in reverse. Here's resistance, price comes up to it, it gets over it, now comes for a back test or a retest. Guess what? It's now support. These are only applied to what? Important numbers. It's not applied to Joe Schmo's support or Joe's indicator shop stuff support. The folks down at the transportation department are still sporting a skewed index. We'll continue using the IYT, which is essentially confirming some of the stuff that we see on other charts. You can make a case you got an ABC working. You can make a case you got a bearish wedgish thing working. Either way, it points to lower prices. Where do you got? You got the 20 period moving average. You got a fat round number at 270 just below it. You have a breakup candle low at 270.33. So what do you got? You got 270 plus or minus. Folks down at the transportation department, anything different? No, same routine. Bearish wedgish thing. Former breakout area, 20 period moving average, they already came too close. They'll probably spike it through to where? The former breakout area, 282.78 plus or minus. That's the way it works. 
expected to happen sooner than later. XLF still riding really underneath its 20 period moving average on the daily chart. It's riding it in a bearish flaggish formation. So what? So what's going to happen? So what's going to happen is it's going to come down farther. Doesn't move that much, but that's what's going to happen. We already talked about the prices. Look at this gap down here. The closing price, 38.93. That's a pretty good spot. A little bit lower. You have this 50 period moving average. It's not lower. It's two cents higher. What's lower is you have a 100 period moving average over at 38. So somewhere in this zone, you're going to find what? Garden variety of chart support. Repeat after me. Anything different on Smash Mouth? You got a bearish wedgish kind of thing, blah, 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 blah. It's the same routine. All the charts pretty much look in concert with one another. We call this confirming. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's generally going to be a duck. 80-20 rule. 80% of the time it's going to be a duck. 20% of the time it's going to be a fake out sponsored by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. You take off the mask and guess what? It's the ugly duck. Hey, let's get over to the conspiracy theory. I almost forgot. So we're talking infrastructure bill. We're talking inflation. So here's the situation. I've heard too many times on political shows, on financial shows, I've heard too many times that the infrastructure bill is going to help reduce inflation. And they use other words, but that's the crux of what they're trying to sell. Now, maybe this isn't really conspiracy theory. Maybe this is just correcting the record as I see it, but I like the word conspiracy, and I like the term conspiracy theory, so I used it anyway. But here's the thing. They're selling on us. If you pass the bill, it's going to help reduce inflation. Okay, really? So here's what's going on. You have a supply chain issue, so you have less goods, so you have money chasing less goods. That drives up the price of goods. That's just economics 101. Now, you have more money coming into a market chasing not more goods, but the same amount of goods. So what's that going to do? It's going to create more inflation. You have a tight labor market. Are we going to invent people to take these jobs all of a sudden? If we have a tight labor market, companies will have to pay more to get labor. That's inflationary. Anytime you have to pay more for something, that's inflationary. Paying less, a reduction in asset values, reduction in cost, that's deflationary. It's very simple. It's not complicated at all. They want to make it complicated, but guess what? It's not complicated. More money chasing the same amount of goods creates inflation. That was really just a 30-second commercial or however long it was on my take on what's going on and why you can't really pay attention to everything they say most of the people that repeated that line about how the bill, passage of the bill, is going to reduce inflation, they don't really understand economics. They're just repeating what they were told to say. And if it's a politician, they're repeating it because it's a cover story on why they have to take a stand that the bill is going to be good for everything and impossible to be bad for anything. That's just the way it works. Doesn't matter whether it's Democrats or Republicans, they all do the same thing every single time. They get the phony Congressional Budget Office to score a bill in their favor by manipulating the numbers. They'll run it back and forth until they get the answer they want, and then they use that as cover story for saying how it's going to be paid for. If it's going to be paid for, 
And all the other bills in the past, maybe not all, but a lot of them have also said, hey, these bills are paid for, then how can we keep running up the debt? When's the last time we actually paid down any debt? Anybody ever ask that question? If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.